Welcome to Young Leaders Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping young leaders connect and grow. Hey, welcome to the Young Leaders Podcast. I'm so excited that you came to join us today, and hopefully you're following us on social media. And uh, and if you get a chance, and this is a helpful for you, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe because it helps get uh, these podcasts and what we're talking about out to more people. So feel free to go to Young Leaders Podcast. Dot com rate review subscribe wherever you listen iTunes Stitcher SoundCloud and uh, and follow us on social media I'm really excited today because we're going to be talking uh, about something that I think is really hard to do but is super needed in all sorts of leadership areas especially inside the church and that's developing a weekly rhythm so let's jump in and talk about developing a weekly rhythm. My name is Brady. I'm here with Carl. Whoop, whoop. And we are here to talk today about something that I think is a really needed subject, not only in ministry, but just in the workplace in general, but it's something that doesn't get enough light shed on it. Um, so if you've ever been in ministry for any amount of time, I think you, you've gotten that question, hey, what do you really do during the week? <laughs> what do you, so other than Sunday. Yeah, unless you speak. Even if you speak, yeah. but if you don't speak, then you're done. It's like, you're what done. do you actually do during the Just, week? I literally had a guy tell me one time, he's like, oh, so you are you work with the students. Is that like a, a full-time thing? <laughs> Or you just volunteer? I'm like, no, it's my full-time job. And it, it's hard. And I, I think it's an understandable question because a lot of ministry is maintaining intangibles. And it's not like a lot of other workplaces where you can actually say, I do A, B, C, D to produce X, Y, Z. You're trying to maintain a lot of these intangibles. And, and here's the kicker. I think for everyone, at least for me, without a predetermined plan for your week, you're going to blink and it's Friday. Oh, yeah. And so when people say like, oh, what do you even do with your week? Sometimes I'm like, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I'm busy. I feel like I can't get it all done, but I can't like actually tell you I'm stressed. what I do. Well, and this <laughs> I have the stress of a lot of work. <laughs> so it, it gets hard, right, to actually... Uh, quantify and 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 systematize what you actually do, and it's so true. And especially even inside of a family, like as we're talking about weekly rhythms, we're talking about it inside of work week. But to think about your family, and to I can get caught up in going to sports practices, getting dinner made, getting groceries bought, and and just trying to get through the week. That by the time we're done with the week. We're, we're like, did I have any relational time with my wife? Yep. Did I have any yeah. relational time with my kids? Did I have any me time? And it could just kind of go quick unless we create a weekly rhythm. Yep. And I think for young leaders, for people just jumping into ministry, this is even more difficult because I think in a lot of environments, you kind of just have to hit the ground running and they're kind of just like, figure this out. Yeah. And or they have a boss that says, this is what it looks like. Yeah, and it doesn't work for you. Yeah. And it's not it's not right for you. And I've been in full-time ministry now for 18 months, I think, about 18 months. You're getting so big. <laughs> I'm almost two. <laughs> and I'm just now feeling like I'm in this rhythm that I found that works for me. Yeah. And it took me almost two years. Not that I was unproductive or wasn't working for two years, but it took me that much time to feel like I have found what works for the flow of my week for me. And I've been in ministry for eight years and still have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's because, and I think, and we're going to talk about this, like seasons come and seasons yep. go. And the student ministry season is just 
still trying to figure those out. Mm-hmm. What is my family? And my family changes all the time. So trying to, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. So, so I want to, I want today, I want to give 10 tips for establishing a weekly rhythm in your life. And I hope that this is helpful. Um, but I think first off, we have to actually establish what a weekly rhythm is. So the way that I would define a weekly rhythm is a consistent, predictable forecast of what your week looks like. I dig but, it. Do you dig it? You I get any it. additions to that? I would. I. That's great. I all, right, all right. So let's jump in. Top ten. Top ten tips. We need a cool like sound that comes in, like a David Letterman. Yeah, da, like da, a little, da, 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 top ten. Well, I guess I should start number ten. I want from one to ten, but he goes from ten to one. But number one, <laughs> and I think this might be one of the most important ones as you get started. Weekly rhythms are fluid. In in your quest for a weekly rhythm, you have to understand. That's always changing, and you will never find one that will be consistent forever. And if you are a type A personality or somebody who likes consistency, that is super frustrating. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yes. So what I've done that helps me is I think seasons. Yeah. And I don't – when I look at my weekly rhythm and I'm kind of tweaking things, I think, what is this next season going to look like for me? So uh, a good example is right now we're doing a men's group at our church, and it's from 6 to 8, so – I'm there from about 5 to 8.30 in the morning. That's about three and a half hours in my weekly rhythm that doesn't normally get spent in that time period. So I'm normally not logging three and a half hours in a morning. So for this season, I put that three and a half hours on my weekly rhythm. But that's not always going to be there. And that's going to change in, in probably three weeks. That three and a half hours has to get refiltered into somewhere else. Right. And so you have to think seasons. And then... And, and like for me personally, my wife just got a new job. She's going to start working nights. And uh, so I'm going to take that time and use it to work out because I got a new workout routine. So I'll be starting next week when she starts her new job. And uh, and then taking advantage of doing some other things that, that I've had planned because now my night hours have opened up. So yeah, think seasons. And this is helpful because I think it's hard to just – you want to get into a rhythm that works – 52 weeks of the year and that just doesn't work and um another good thing to remember is as you you chase after this weekly rhythm you have to keep in mind that there will be days and even weeks when you have to throw it by the wayside because something comes up and you have to abandon your weekly rhythm i think in one of our episodes i forget what number with ben willis he talked about how inflexibility is a really big sign that you're not emotionally healthy and if you can't be flexible with your weekly rhythm it's not a good sign but on the flip side, a good leader will establish a weekly rhythm that predicts what their week looks like week in and week out for the most part. So that's number one. All right, number one. Weekly number, rhythms are fluid. Number, number two, two, clarify your role. And this is super important. And I'm not talking about your job description because I think most of us probably have one of those. I don't know the last time I looked at my actual job description. I'm not even talking about your title because that's important too. And it's a good overall summary of like pinning what you do to a wall. But what what you have to do is you have to sit down with your boss and you need to clarify what exactly it is that you need to do and accomplish to be successful in your role. Mm. And if you don't really know that answer, you're going to start to find yourself frustrated with a lot of sideways energy. Like I said, ministry has a lot of intangibles, things that you can't really quantify it's difficult to quantify the process of ministry and that environment is a breeding ground 
for sideways energy. Some of us have deliverable deliverables, things you have sure, to do every week. Sure, we all week. do, yeah. And uh, whether that's Sunday school lessons or uh, reports or something like that. And so those need to get, when those are expressed and say, okay, part of what you want from me is a, you know, I got to put my hours in every time. Well, what what time, what day do you want me to report my hours? And so I sat down with my boss and, uh, and I went through and I said, okay, what's everything that I need to do to hand off to everybody during the week? And when are those things due? And, uh, and so I have recurring events that it's like, turn in the pro presenter, turn in God cards, update social media, um, send out the emails and all these things that I have to do during the day or during the week and that's part of my weekly rhythm mm-hmm. and I've created a task list and uh, and it helped clarify so I know I'm hitting the mark and or when I start seeing everything in red I, I'm missing You're the mark. missing the mark but I'm you missing... know what the mark is right, right? you've right. established the mark yeah and that's uh, I think the danger is if you don't have consistent conversations with the people that you report to about what your role looks like and what you're, it's expected of you that sideways energy is deceiving because it might feel productive. Right. And you're doing all these things that you think are good and you think are being productive, but really you should just throw it away and get and move on to something else. So clarifying your role is essential to establishing a weekly rhythm because there might be things that you're doing that you really don't need to do. And, and as you're having these conversations, you're going to, depending on your environment and where you're from, your boss, like this could be a process. Yes. figuring it yep. out. And it might take a lot of time because you know what? You might sit down with your boss and go, hey, can we clarify my role? And they yeah. might go, uh, You're doing yeah, a great job. Good job. And yeah. like, no, let me, let's figure out what I yeah. need to do. And, and they might actually start looking at your role and going, I guess I'm not 100% sure what you do day in and day out. And yeah. you got to bring some light to that. And they, you know, and they know they're busy, but they've possibly have never done something like this. Yeah. And so you could be leading the way, but just let it take time and let it form and, uh, and feel free to, to involve others, whether that's a network of other, uh, people that you meet with, that you connect with, uh, other business executives to figure out this is what, what is involved in a role like this. Yeah. The last job I worked at before I was in ministry, I had a very specific set of work and it got distributed to me through a system. And this is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm doing today. Do A, B, C, D, finish, finish one, two, three, four. And the beautiful thing about ministry is everybody's so busy running after what they're running after that. There's not a lot of like micromanagement supervision going on. And so it's a beautiful thing that you can run and you can be, you can be productive on your own. But like I said, you can run into a lot of sideways energy with that. So number one, you got to remember weekly with rhythms, are fluid. Just so you know, the word rhythm is a hard word to remember how to spell. <laughs> so I typed rhythm like a hundred times in our notes and I yeah. had to correct it like every time. <laughs> Number one, awesome. weekly rhythms are fluid. Number two, clarify your role. Number three, learn to say no. Just say no. Just say no. Um, you don't have to be in ministry long before you you realize what it's like before the invites start to drop in. Hey, can you come give a challenge at this event? We'd love for the pastor to join us at, Hey, maybe you can come help lead this event. Oh, we'd love for you to speak at this camp. We'd love for you to come speak in chapel. Hey, my cousin's brother is getting married. It'd be so cool if you did his wedding. You don't charge, right? (laughs) And they just start flowing in, right? All of a sudden you have all these invites and all these, all these requests. And you know what? It is okay 
to say no. You're blowing my mind here, just, Brady. <laughs> just say no. And you know what? I uh, one one challenge I heard. I even forget who who told me this, but it's something I've really tried to be comfortable with. It is okay to say no and not give a reason. You know, I just had that conversation with somebody. Now, that's not true for everybody. Right. And if it's your job, like if you're saying, if your boss is saying, do this, this is your job, and you say no, like that's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay to say no to people and not feel like you have to give an explanation. Yeah. I had a guy come in and he wanted to use our facilities one time. And I just told him, no, that's something we don't do here. We don't run Taekwondo classes. And he got in my face about it. And I just had to remind him, hey, at the end of the day, this is our stuff. Yeah. And we yep. get to choose with what we do with it. And, uh, and we, yeah, we have to answer to God for that. And we're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, this, this idea is not that new. I mean, you, you don't have to go back far in podcast world or ministry world to, to see so much information about this. But the reason I bring it up today is if you can't learn to say no, you just need to throw your weekly rhythm away and give up on trying to find one. Because, if you are a yes man to everything, then your weekly rhythm is dictated by other people. What about like that whole idea of it's not my job? Yeah, you should never say that. It's never. A, even if it's not my job. Even if it's not your job, if you say that's not my job, you just don't sound like a team player. Yeah. And yeah. in ministry, this is a team thing and you're on a team. And I'm not saying... Say no to everything that ever comes your way. Of course you can say yes to stuff. Yeah. There's better ways to say it. Yeah. Even if it's a little bit true. Just, Even if that statement is true, yeah. there's better ways to say it. One one of the things that I think is really it gets really easy to say no when you've clarified your role. Because sometimes you say yes to things because you don't know whether or not you should be doing them. But if you know exactly what is expected of you and what you should be doing to be successful, it is really clear. No becomes easy. When you've clarified your role. Alrighty, number four. Number four. Number four. List your non-negotiable reoccurring tasks with time and minutes. And Carl, you've already kind of touched on this, but make a list of your non-negotiable tasks, the things that must be done by you. That's This is absolutely part of my job. List everything you have to do every week and how much time it takes you to do them. Now, this sounds really easy and simple, right? Like I could just hand you a piece of paper and you start writing what you think is your job. <laughs> you, you, you bust out 20 30, 20, 30 things, but it's amazing how many people have probably never done this. Oh yeah, for They've sure. Never done this. And here's my theory. My theory is that a large percentage of people have non-negotiable reoccurring tasks that they are responsible for that they don't even have planned into their week. Oh yeah. Like a lot, like probably yeah. a lot. Well, I probably went six years five years in ministry before I listed all mine before out. You like listed what you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we even thinking about how much time it takes because in my mind, this job takes two hours mm -hmm. in reality. It's 45. It just feels like, <laughs> or two. the other, other way too. Yeah. 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 Or it's, or it's for, you think it takes 45 and every week you spend yeah. two hours two on hours it. With yeah. It. Yeah. Cause it's, we forget that the things that we love, we can, dump a ton of time in and it goes super quick yep. because we love doing it. Yep. Speaking. I love speaking. I can put a ton of time into that and, and not feel like I've spent any time, but then there are other tasks that I just do it and it's 45 minutes and I'm like, Oh man, my whole day is shot. Yep. And yeah. cause I hate doing them. Yeah. And, and this is so, and there's, there's a hundred reasons probably why it's helpful to make a list of your reoccurring tasks 
and we could probably even make a whole episode out of that about why this is helpful. Um, but one challenge I want to challenge everybody listening to do is to get out a pen and paper and write down what you think is your your definite list of non-negotiable tasks yeah. and then like hang it up and then document every single way you spend every minute of your work day for like the next two months. Yeah. And then when you go to compare it to your task list, I bet you will find things on there that you do over and over again that you didn't even have on the list. And that's where your time, have you ever said like, where did my time go? Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, it's 5 p.m. already. Or like, oh my goodness, that week flew by. Yeah. I bet you're doing things that you know, like I have to get this done, but you don't consider it part of your work week. And all of a sudden, where did my week go? Yeah. And just to think about, you know, we get tasks inside of meetings and we have to go to these meetings. And when, when we have these things listed out and we figure out how much time, it just helps us to say, okay, am I being productive? Do I need to spend more time on something? Maybe there's something that, um, that you're pushing out the door and you've just become so good at it that mm-hmm. maybe it's time to look back and say, okay, can I tweak that? Can I make yeah. it better? Yeah. And that's um, probably, we could probably spend a, like, that's kind of your forte. We could probably yeah. spend a whole episode I love that stuff. With you talking about how to create systems, because that's another benefit of this list, right? Oh, man. You've got this list of the tasks that you have to get done, and you can actually say, yeah, I can create a system for this, and I can shave off 30 minutes from this. And it just, you can figure out anything that you do more than twice, you should create a system for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things we use is Toggle. Yes, uh, I love Toggle. Yeah. That's probably the best way. Like, if you do that challenge of writing your task list down and then spend two months, Download Toggle, watch the tutorials on YouTube. Yep. It will revolutionize your workday just because you know where your time went. There's actually times where sometimes, like my wife asks, like, what did you do today? It's like, let me pull out Toggle. <laughs> Here it is. This is what I, I spent did. I spent 45 minutes on this, and then this I spent is... an hour and a half on this. And then, and so it's it's really helpful. <laughs> and then Carl gave by my cube, and we talked about Justice League for 20 minutes. <laughs> I, put, I put Time Waster Carl came in and for an hour and a half. Everybody in the office has one of those in their toggle. <laughs> Carl came to talk to me. The Carl, the Carl toggle <laughs> the time. Carl toggle time. So yeah, download toggle. It is so helpful to figuring out what your 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 task yes. list is. When I did it for three months straight, I saw a bunch of things. I was like, I didn't know I was spending this much time on this, and I was giving all this time to this thing. I really shouldn't have gave all the time to that, and I need to spend more time on this if I want this to grow. And it was so helpful, and so. Yeah. I think there is a level of laying your pride down and saying, like, I want to get better and I have to do uncomfortable things. And there is, I mean, you even told me it this week, like, you told me I brought something to you and you're like, that's not really your thing. Yeah. yeah. And you've already spent more time on this than you should. Yeah. And I was like, shoot. But it was something that I was emotionally invested in. But you were right. It's not my baby. Yeah. And that was something, like, I had to, I had to wrestle with. And I, you know, so I left that meeting and was just like, I got to hand it off. Yeah, and again, we're on, we're all on a team, and we're right. all in this together. And it's not wrong to be invested in things that don't necessarily fall under your job description. But I I do this all the time where I'm like, I probably shouldn't have given 45 minutes to that. Yeah. And even if I have, even if it's something I'm passionate about, even if it's something that's like, you know, I really like this thing, it doesn't necessarily mean I have to go give a portion of my day to it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we got number one. Remember, weekly rhythms are fluid. Number two, clarify your role. Number three, learn to say no. Pick up the book Essentialism if you have any trouble with two or three. Number four, list your non-negotiable reoccurring tasks with the time it takes in minutes. Number five, schedule the important. 
scheduled. And this is nothing new. In fact, I recommend you check out Craig Groeschel, what Craig Groeschel has to say about this topic. I'll link his video about urgent over important. That's what his talk is called, urgent over important. I, I don't want to camp on this idea all day except for one point. You have to put that er, that important time on your weekly rhythm. Because here's what's interesting to me, at least for me, if, if, a, if a busy week hits me and things come up, the first thing to go is the time I need to spend on the important. Yeah, yeah. It's easy, isn't it? It's so easy. So a good example for me is uh, I've been spending a lot of time on groups because we're, we're trying to, to vamp up groups at our church. Mm-hmm. That's something that falls in my plate. And I have in my schedule time to spend thinking about bigger picture groups things, not necessarily in the weeds, but bigger picture, move the ball forward, what needs to happen to get from point A to B. And that looks like reading books, reading blogs, just... Uh, thinking, having having space to be creative. And when my week gets busy, that's the first thing to go because at the end of the day, there's not like an, or like a task I have to turn in or something that falls through the cracks if I don't do it. But, and this is the most important thing, I think, the, the time that we spend on bigger picture things is what moves the ball down the court fastest. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the, here's the thing that I had to learn for myself was I can't wait till all the little things are done to spend time on things mm-hmm. like this because I... I'm sure you have a lot, you have a list of 200 things that you could accomplish. Yeah. Before you spent time giving your giving yourself time to think about the bigger picture, you have to just put that aside. All right, we're halfway through. But uh bomb. Number 5 was schedule the important. Number 6, schedule buffer zones. And this is more important than you might think. But you have to schedule buffer zones. If you schedule every minute of your work week, the moment a wrench gets thrown into it, it all crumbles. One of the illustration I think is really helpful for this is, you know how when people get in car accidents and you see it coming yeah, and you tense up and you actually get you get more, more injured because yeah. you're tense and you, you, you get hit and you're, you're all rigid. But if you don't see it coming and you get hit and your body's all loose, yep. you don't get as hurt. Weekly rhythms operate just like that. If your weekly rhythm is so jammed full, every minute is accounted for, the second it gets hit with something, it just crumbles. Yeah. But if there's some flexibility in there, it won't crumble. Things pop up. Sickness pops up. Mm-hmm. Um, counseling pops up. People come in and they need you. Um, and 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 just projects take longer. Yep. Um, and you're not always the same every day. Like, I don't always come to work with the same amount of energy every day. And so to think that all of my days are going to look exactly the same or, or work like this just isn't reasonable. I use buffer zones two ways on my weekly rhythm. The first is I have buffer zones where I just leave it open for whatever needs to go in there because yeah. everybody has that in their job, right? There's going to be things that that's going to take an hour of my time and it has to happen. Yeah. And I have space for that. It's not like I can't fit that in because it's just full. I have those buffer zones. The other way I use buffer zones is I put them after meetings that I know always go long. <laughs> it happens, right? We have meetings that go long. <laughs> so if you have a weekly a weekly meeting with somebody and they schedule 60 minutes yeah. and they always go 75, don't schedule a meeting right <laughs> after that 60 minutes, right, right. even if it doesn't show up on their calendar because you... Here's what I've learned. This is the lesson I had to learn. Buffer zones create flexibility and peace where rigid rigidity. Sure. That's not a word. Are you sure? Sure. Rigidness. Rigidness. Rigidity. Rigidosity. <laughs> sure. Buffer zones create flexibility and peace in your week where inflexibility, how about we say that? Yeah. Creates anxiety. Oh, it's true. Because 
I have two, three meetings in a row. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this meeting's going 15 minutes over, and I'm not going to get to that one on time, or yeah. I have to make this phone call. And all of a sudden, I, I'm wigging out because yeah. I don't have any room in my day. I don't have any buffer zone. So I use it just for free space. Yep. And I use them for times I know I need that extra space in case things go over. Number seven, cluster recurring meetings. So I know this sounds a little bit uh, um, contradictory to what I just said because I said schedule buffer zones between those meetings if you need to. But meetings spread out all over your work week just creates trouble. Yeah, it creates chaos inside it. I call this a Monday. Uh. Our Mondays at our organization are all meetings. All like, meetings. From the time I get there to the time I leave, I go from meeting to meeting. And yep. you know what? I would rather do that than have all those meetings scattered throughout the week. Here's the goal. Aim to have at least one day a week where there is not one meeting. If you can get two, that's amazing. Now, maybe if you're a really, really smaller church and it's just like one or two of you on there, maybe you can do this a lot better. But And not everybody has control over this. Yeah, sure. Know? And uh, Which, you know, we understand. But as much as you do, as you think about, you know, so... You, if you're like us and meetings are, you have a lot of Monday meetings and maybe at noon they're done. Yeah. That would be a great time to schedule um, coffee appointments to go. And so, so then you have, don't schedule them on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Schedule them. The ones that you do have control over, think about those clumps. One thing that I would warn against with this though, is when you do this, like my Monday is all meetings. You have to prepare for the meetings. That, like if, Yeah. Our, our, our meetings are on Mondays, which means that we're coming in right in from Sunday. So I have to spend Sunday afternoon or Thursday before a weekend preparing for those meetings because otherwise you're just running around like a chicken with your head yeah, cut off going ready. from meeting to meeting. But you yeah. got to be ready. All right, number eight. Number eight, schedule, schedule time. <laughs> schedule, ske here is where your weekly rhythm will make it or break it. Put time on your weekly rhythm to look at your weekly rhythm. What? Daily. Daily, you should be look. You, part of your weekly rhythm should be looking at your weekly rhythm. What What's the first thing that you're tempted to pull up when you get to work in the morning? Email. Email. Isn't it so? Like the first thing, you open your computer, you sit down, you just want to pull up email, and you know what happens then? Other people dictate your day. Yeah. At least for me, if I open my email before anything else, I'm saying, "Who wants to control my time today?" Yeah. yeah. At least for the morning, or at least for an hour. Who wants my attention when I should be saying where my time goes? Yeah. So the best thing to do is to put this on your calendar. Every day, I do it for like the first 15 minutes of my day. I get there. I don't open email. I open my weekly rhythm. I open my calendar. And I open my productivity software, Asana. Yeah. I don't open my email because other people don't dictate my time. I tell my time what to do. Number nine. We're almost there. Two more. So close. Establish interruptible and uninterruptible time zones. Established, interruptible, and uninterruptible time zones. This will keep your week running smoothly. For all the things that you need to focus on, like big picture that you need to be in the zone for, mm -hmm. make that uninterruptible. Turn your phone off, Turn your close your email, shut off every device, and then hang up a sign saying, do not disturb me. Isn't that rude? It, it's so rude, but I don't care. <laughs> and I honestly, I, I've done this a few times, and I need to do it more often because... If you here's here's what's happening for me, these things start to bleed into each other. Your weekly rhythm all starts to kind of become like blurry and bleed over because you can't get done in your time what you need to get done. And if you make the time zones where you can't be interrupted actually uninterruptible, you can get stuff done. 
Well, and here's the other thing. We feel bad because we feel like we have to be available to everybody. And because we're all running and gunning, that they need me to answer this question instantaneous. Yep. And uh, and I feel like I need to do that with other people because I'm on sure. yeah. the edge. And so we, we feel like we can't have uninterruptible times. So one of the things that I have found super helpful and our whole team is doing it, um, and this kind of stemmed from we did Kerry Newhoff's High Impact Leader course. Uh, he talked about he always talks about doing what you're ba- best at when you're at your best. And that has played out in two ways for me. One, for a while, my uninterruptible time zones were at the worst possible time in the organization. Yeah. Like yeah. you need to learn how your organization works. And there are time oh, periods good. where people are quieter. And for, for at least my side of the office, it's in the morning. Like from 8 to about 11.30, it's pretty quiet. People aren't wandering around. 1 to 2 o'clock, like right around lunchtime, after lunchtime, that's when all the interruptions come. So yeah. I'm not scheduling like t- focused work during that time period. The second thing that's come from this is our campus team, we get off-site once a week for yeah. three hours. Yeah. So you can't even find us. We're not even there. So if you're able to... And you need to yeah. get off-site. Go to Starbucks. Go to Nook and Donuts if you really want to. <laughs> but get off-site where you can't be disturbed if it's really that hard for you to find that uninterruptible time zone. And and I would also challenge you to say sometimes a, a change of place yep. will, will – uh, what am it's I It's so important. It, it just, like, make you more creative. Yep, it helps, it helps boost the creativity. Yeah. It does. That's awesome. All right. We're on number 10. Let's do number a 10. quick recap. Number one. Remember that weekly rhythms are fluid. Number two, clarify your role. You have to know exactly what it is you need to accomplish. Number three, learn to say no. And that's easy when you've clarified your role. Number four, list your non-negotiable reoccurring tasks with the time and minutes. And download Toggle if you need help with that. Number five, schedule the important. Actually put it on your calendar. You're busy from two to four because you are scheduling the important and you are focusing on big picture things. Number six, schedule buffer zones. Mm. Got to be flexible or else it's all going to crumble. Number seven, cluster recurring meetings. Get them out of the way. Number eight, schedule schedule time. Every morning, make sure you're checking out your weekly rhythm in your calendar. Number nine, establish interruptible and uninterruptible time zones. And number 10, start. Boom. You just have to jump into it. it and you have to start. It will take time to get this down. Yeah. It's a, a skill lot of time. Set. Yeah, you have to. It's a muscle you have to flex. Yep. And it takes time to get it down to a science. Figure out what tool you're going to use. Is it Excel? Is it whatever it is? Google. Is it, yeah. is it a piece of paper? Whatever it is for you, yep. figure it out and start trying. And then it's a process of trial and error, over and over again. You know what? This didn't work. I need to move this to here. I'm. I need to schedule this meeting for a different time, or I need to cancel this meeting. It's trial and error, over and over again. Trial and error. So if you're interested, I can make my weekly rhythm accessible. I'll make mine accessible. So that you can see like how ours is scheduled. If you really want that, um, feel free to email us at youngleaderspodcast uh, at gmail.com. And we will send that to you or reach out to us on any of the social medias. And we will share that yeah. with you. Uh, specifically and personally and we'd love to you know if that's something you're trying to figure out and work through uh, feel free to reach out to us because we'd love to help you say hey how can i refine this sometimes just getting a different set of eyes on something it's always helps Um, but we'll share that with you our uh, our stuff and you can and also feel free to share yours 
help make us better. Yeah. If you have something going on, we'd love to see it. Yeah. Especially if you're a youth pastor, because sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I need help. Well, thank you so much, guys. We will see you next time. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you love this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please feel free to email us or contact us on social media. But until next time, see you later. See you later.